All right, welcome back to the Create Your Own Lane podcast, and I'm your host, Mo Williams. This is episode two of the podcast, and will be called Handling Adversity and Failure. My guest today is Jamie Wood. Jamie is a former football player at The Ohio State University and is currently an assistant director of compliance at Ohio State. I'm excited to dive into this topic. Let's go. I have my guest, Jamie Wood, on the line. We are ready to socialize and dive into this topic. Jay, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Mo. I appreciate reaching out, man, and allowing me to, uh, to grace you with some of my time, man. Um, uh, I love what you're doing, and um, as I said, glad you considered me. Well, you're too kind, man. I'll tell you that to start. And then, uh, you know, there's a, a very wise, wise scripture in the Bible that talks about iron sharpens iron. And although me and you uh, are not able to communicate very often, I do know every time we talk, man, I, I'm sharpened by your words. So I'm very excited to uh, kind of let you speak to our guests. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to learn from you as well, man. No doubt, Mo. You've always been a, an old soul, I would say, um, even back in our Pickerington days. Um, well, I am, I am older. I mean, I, I guess by hair quality on top of our head, you got me beat there, but I have more gray hair, so I'm definitely <laughs> older than you. Hey, come on now, man. I, I chose this. <laughs> That's a good way to put it, man. Well, you, you rock it well, man. But Thank you. I appreciate how, it. How are you doing, man? How is your family holding up during these uh, very uncertain times uh, of this pandemic? How, how are things on your end? Uh, everything's well, man. I'm fortunate to have, you know, family that that are they're all working and they're all healthy. Um, from my siblings to my parents, um, we're blessed, bro. Um, I've actually been able to work from home myself, uh, which I know that's not what a lot. There's a lot of people out there struggling. With and you see the unemployment rate so high right now, and um, I think this is only the beginning of of what we might see as far as the impact of of, of how this went down. Um, but I'm hoping, man, hoping for better going ahead. But I, for me personally, man, I'm I'm blessed. Yeah, no, I think you definitely have the right perspective, man. I I want to add some some context here for our listeners, man. So stay uh, stay with me, and uh, I'm I'm gonna talk about you a little bit here. Don't don't blush too much over there. And and fact check me if I'm not right too, man, because I you know this this is some Wikipedia stuff. You know they be lying sometimes. It de- it uh, depends on what end the lies are on. If it's, <laughs> if it's in the good, then I'm gonna let you ride with it. Yeah, that that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, but t- some some context with with me and Jamie. So me and Jamie went to to high school. We're both from Ohio. Uh, we went to a school called Pickerington Central, and this is a very biased statement I'm gonna make here, but it's. Uh, arguably the best high school in Ohio. Uh, but That's fact, bro. That's fact check. Well, there you go. So we got two people on the line that agree to that, and anybody that doesn't, uh, you know, they can they can have their own opinions here. But, uh, you know, some unique things about Jamie is, uh, you know, Jamie played his football career at The Ohio State University, which anybody growing up in Columbus is a dream uh, for them. And, uh, Jay, this is where you got to fact check me, man. But high school, he was an incredible player. He was recruited as a five-star prospect, was a first-team All-Ohio performer, was Four. a U.S. Four-star. I, I didn't get the fifth. All right, my bad, though. Somebody lied to me, man. Well, we're going to say four and a half. How about that? That works. That works with me. All right, all right. All right. And then he was a first-team All-Ohio performer, was a U.S. Army All-American. His freshman year, 2009, uh, he was redshirted, and that was when Jim Trestle was there, Jay? Yeah, that was Coach Trest. That was the year we went to the Rose Bowl. Got you. So, you know, 2009, he was redshirted. 2010, redshirt freshman, played 13 games, 13 tackles. 2011, played 13 games. And then 2012, uh, had four games before your, your shoulder injury. I don't want to get too deep into that yet um, because that's kind of – you know, what a, the, the meat of this is and how, how we handle these things. Something I talk to my listeners about as well is that this is not about basketball. It's not about football. These principles and things that we talk about, um, you know, I want them to be able to be applied to anyone that's able to get their hands on this. So, 
you know, as we dive in, just wanted to give some some quick context for our listeners uh, but before we start here. But, Jay, I got three topics for us that we're going to hit here. You know, when I think about adversity, when I think about the word failure, you know, these three words are, are the words that, that come to mind. And we're going to hit these in this order. But response, value, and wisdom. And, mm-hmm. and first, just starting on response. You know, response is one of the biggest things I think you learn playing in sports. You know, Urban Meyer has a great book. And, I'm again, you're an Ohio State guy. And they talk about the E plus R equals O. Um, you know, the E means the event, the R is the response and the O is the outcome. And, and, you know, the R is pretty much what you can control. It's how you respond to things, you know, and adversity. I always tell my guys adversity and failure are like cousins. They're linked together. Whenever you do anything outside of your comfort zone, expect to see one of them or both show up at the same time. Mm. But how, how you respond is key. Mm-hmm. And, and lastly, I mean, I, I think this is the big one in, in responses. The best teams in any sport, they all respond the same way. That's a true testament of your culture. So I gave a real brief outline of your career. You know, obviously it was sidelined by injuries, but getting deeper into that and you and I will, will kind of bounce back and forth here. But how did you respond to that adversity, man? Let's take, take us back to those moments. You know, obviously I'm sure coming out of high school, being able to sign to your dream school is, is obviously – probably one of the best feelings you ever felt during that time but take us back there man man I, I, first off man you, you're you're uh your student athletes are privileged to have you as a coach man I, I know you're much more than basketball you're much more than a coach and um just from from you know leading into this conversation if you're having half of these conversations with your guys um i, I think they're they're just they're they're going to be set up for life man and, and Kudos to you for, for, for doing that and uh, sharing your wisdom, bro. But um, to kind of go into my story and, and to if I take myself back to that time, man, I, I definitely would say I lived my dream, man, um, as far as as it relates to Ohio State. You know, growing up in Columbus, watching the Buckeyes as a kid, um, you know, there's no professional in, in my there's no professional team football team in Columbus. We got the Bengals, you got the Browns, mm-hmm. and then you got the Buckeyes. And I would say, and some people would argue that we could probably beat the Browns, but I'm not sure that that's uh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, that's man. that's a whole nother podcast, <laughs> a whole nother conversation. Um, yeah. But man, being you know in Pickerington and being a highly touted recruit. Um, it was it was a blessing, bro. Um, you know, I was exposed to you know the game of football. Kind of, I would say late in my career, in sixth grade, I start playing when I moved uh, back from Germany. I actually lived in Germany with my uh, my mom, my stepfather, my brother, and my sister. And, and um, in sixth grade, I moved to Pickerington, Ohio. I moved back mm-hmm. with my dad and my stepmom and my um, two sisters and brothers here. Um, in Ohio, and and but that was a transition, that was a change. Um, but I know, man, with, with my childhood, I never, I never grew up living with my dad throughout the week. Um, and weekends was was he, he was active and he was in my life, but weekends was the time I got to spend with my dad. Um, and a lot of times that revolved around sport, um, whether it was baseball, basketball. Um, like I said, I never played football, but when I moved with him. I knew that was something he loved. Um, and I know it was something I enjoyed as well. Um, and so I gave it a try. And uh, just my God-given ability, um, you know, I, I, I excelled in that space. I played on both sides of the ball and in Little League. Um, but then, you know, as you get older, it becomes a bit more spir- serious, especially in a town like Pickerington, where um, the past, um, and this is just giving some background, I don't know if you mentioned it, but the past, Three years, we won two state championships in football. Um, mm-hmm. My little brother's class was actually the first class to win a state championship in football. And pick, but um, I would just say athletics in general in our community, um, our community worships it, um, and, and, and it's it's almost like an idol, a little G, um, a little God, in you know in our community. Um, but with that, man, I think it, it prepared me. Um, just the the strength and conditioning, the, the individuals that you know, 
were older, the upperclassmen that I was exposed to, guys like Chaz Anderson, uh, who played at Cincinnati, Brian Peters, who played in the league for a couple of years. You got Jordan Drell. You got these talented individuals that worked, man. And and um, as a young freshman getting called up to varsity, um, that's what I saw. That, that was the model. That was the, the footsteps I was following. And, mm-hmm. you know, in doing so, um, I became, you know, like them, um, or, or some might say I exceeded uh, on the high school level, um, some of the, the you know, the, the path that they set before us. So um, I think, man, you know, that experience in high school and, and, you know, the weight room and the training and the year round, year long training, the running track, just to be in shape for football, those little things, man, helped prepare me for the college level. Um, and, you know, a lot of my time, though, my high school journey, I wouldn't say it was easy. Um, there were some challenges um, with, you know, some coaching things, uh, some, some politics, which you always see in athletics, especially on the high school level, um, some, some inner team jealousy, um, and just all those types of challenges. And as a kid, man, I, I, I felt as though, man, I, I always had a pretty good heart. Um, I cared about people. I cared about my teammates. Um, and I wanted to do the right thing. Um, and I wanted to, to have a good reputation. I wanted to be, um, you know, be a positive influence to people, um, whether you are the, the most popular kid in school or not. Um, and so, and, you know, through facing the adversity in high school, um, it, 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 it made me work even harder. Um, and I think it, it also, for me, the way I handled that, I think I, I start I tended to become selfish. So, in that, um, because it, it it closed me off to to this innocent, you know, uh, well-meaning individual, where I, I felt as though I had to go get mine, um, and it became a competition with other people, um, and and my competition wasn't just myself anymore. Um, but but I say that man to to to, to kind of lead into man I. I never, and this is just being fully transparent. I don't think I ever saw the true value of myself as an athlete, um, like I think other people did. Um, I know for for instance, my dad, man, he was like my number one fan, and and that was one big thing that that he said, man, is like all these people, you can have all the stars in the world, you can be all American, you can do this, you can do that, but if you don't believe it in yourself, man, it's 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 worthless. Um, and I think that's that's one area that I've I've always struggled with. Um, but but, you know, on the outside, people might not see that because you have everything that they think you want. You know, what I mean, you, you're attractive. You have um, an attractive girlfriend. You got this. You got that. Um, but that's not everything. man. If you ain't got it inside. Gotcha. Jay, I want to stay with that, man. I, I think you, you kind of get a segue into something. Then I want to kind of fast forward a little bit. You know, you jump to college and you're not necessarily everybody's a star mm-hmm. at any level, but especially at a place like that, everybody's a star. And I'm sure you had expectations and it didn't go at all mm-hmm. as maybe you planned, you know, but God's plan is always sovereign. Uh, but just going on to that, you know, just your your response, like, how, how do you build that, man? You know, you're talking about you're not seeing it in yourself. How, how did you navigate through that? Like, what what are some things you you did man I, I <laughs> by the grace of god man i think i i was able to come to a place a realization that that you know life is bigger than ball i think for me my mindset and i think i'm still developing like i'm i consider myself a work in progress bro um you know just with life life continues and challenges continue to come but what i'm learning now man is is like I'm not a victim. Um, life isn't happening to me, man. I can create and I'm able to create the life that I want. I obviously under God's, you know, ultimate um, discretion, man. But, but I think back then the way that I viewed my injury was, was almost in a form of self pity. Um, I didn't see it as an opportunity to, you know, buckle down and grow. And it, it was more so, man, like my plans were shook up. Um, I had dealt with those injuries in high school. I just didn't get the surgery. Um, and it never 
You're talking about the, the shoulder, shoulder, the shoulder. Yeah, I dealt with it in high school, but I never had the surgery, and it never fully dislocated until mm-hmm. my redshirt freshman year. It was the first time it actually came out, and they had to put it back into place. So that was. And what was in practice game? It was a scrimmage, spring spring ball, and I was having a very good spring running with the twos, um, and you know that that I think it was the first series of one of our Saturday scrimmages. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm running with the twos, and I think it's a, it was actually Jeff Hireman who plays for the, the Denver Broncos right now, a tight end. Um, he, he caught a pass over the middle, and, and I went to, to hit him, and, and my shoulder was just out. Um, prior to that incident, man, I, was, I had about three to four tackles um, in the first, you know, ten plays. And so wow. it, it, was a, it was a great – you know, start to the scrimmage, but then for that to happen, man, it, it kind of just, it, 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 um, it was challenging, man. Cause I mean, you're coming off of a red shirt year as a highly touted recruit. You, you know, I graduated early from high school thinking oh, I'm, I'm getting ready to play right away. Um, but I step into the, the college arena and realize one, I don't know a darn thing about the, the mental part of the game, the coverages, the, the, the disguising coverages, the, the cover three, the playing the middle of the field, just all those different things that on the high school level, you can get away with your athleticism. You can get away with, with being the, the best athlete on the field and having, you know, coaches that may or may not know, you know, how to coach or coach a player that is preparing for college. But for me, um, becoming a student of the game was a challenge um, because I never had to do it before. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like I'm going off of response, but I, I'm just kind of thinking back to the things that, you know, that, that challenged me um, and, and that when faced with it, I had to, to adjust and had to move. Well, I think too, man, you know, being an athlete at that level, I mean, you got people that don't know you but based off of what you wear, give you a sense of value. And you can get very lost into that based off of what you wear. You know, I talked to somebody, I forgot when, man, but I was talking about, you know, this is a huge, or if this virus wasn't going on, you know, this summer's be a huge recruiting summer where we're all out. And the funny thing is when you're a college coach, nobody's looking at your face, they're looking at your shirt. Mm. And by your shirt, you're, they have a value of you mm-hmm. and there, there's an opinion of you before you even open your mouth. And it's the same thing with what you're talking about, except being an athlete at that level. And I think there's something that listeners, and I know myself, I'm still learning this, is whenever you step into something new, you, have, you will be a fool to not be prepared for the battle that's going to come with that that new step that you're taking. Mm. There's going to be a battle associated with anything you step into. You know, something I'll share is stepping into a head coach role. I'm thinking everybody's excited for me. And, you know, the reality is everybody's not. So, you know, when I I get that one or two people that aren't excited for you, how do you respond to that? Mm. You know, for me, I didn't do the best job. I'm I'm thinking like, hey, everybody's really excited for me. And the reality is there's not. Mm. So, you know, just, just like, there's fences when there's a dog out in the yard or the dog's going to run and be in someone else's yard. And that's going to cause trouble. We got to create fences of our values and what's really important, or these things that are come out from outside are going to start to penetrate in and we'll lose value and understanding of these platforms that man, that is, that is, that's deep. And, and I think that kind of goes along. You and myself, I think for life and I think we do it even as adults and I have to check myself and is we place our worth and our value in, in these external things man um, you know if, if my identity is solely in, in football when football is not doing or giving me what I want or what I feel like I need I'm lost because I don't know who I am so my red shirt year I'm, I'm not I, my value is diminished because I'm not performing um Mm-hmm. And, and now, you know, with hindsight 2020, 
I still had, I'm still the same me. I still had the val- the value. Um, did I have things to learn and, and, and areas to develop? Yes. Um, but I think if you're, if your perspective is not correct and you're not looking at it as an opportunity to grow, you're looking at it as, you know, something to be ashamed of and, and, and to, to look down upon, then, then, <laughs> then you're going to treat it different. You're going to go about it different. Um, and I know, you know, I, I, I fell in this boat at times, man, where you use your red shirt year as a party year. Um, some people mm-hmm. don't use it as a development year. Obviously, you're still going to do training and you're going to do the, the bare minimum or what's required. Um, but there are also people that go about that red shirt year as a grind, man. And like this is I don't like how I'm feeling. I don't like where I'm at. I'm going to do everything in my in my in my best uh, in my capability to to prepare myself for next year when I give it a go. Yeah, no, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. Something I share with my guys as well, as, as you were talking, it made me think of, and mainly for us going into year two, uh, just finished year one mm-hmm. as a head coach. So I'm not sure if you knew yeah, that, Jay, but, um, you know, something I, I told my guys, and, and everybody's heard the term, trust the process, mm-hmm. you know, trust the process. The Sixers have kind of wore that <laughs> out. But, you know, I told our guys this off season. We cannot, we cannot chase results because once we chase the result and we've got it, we relax. Yes. Let's, let's focus on just getting one day better. And that's, so, that's said so much all the time. But really what I've learned, man, is whenever you're just focusing on getting better, there's always a little bit more that you could get out of those guys. There's always a little bit more that you could do personally. And there's more value in chasing that than a result. You know, you're talking about your high school career. I mean, I was average, you know, nobody knew who the heck I was, you know, so I'm coming in at college. Like I'm not going to party. Mm-hmm. I, I can do that the rest of mm-hmm. my life. You know, I, I have to step out on this court. And every time I step out here, there's something to prove. There's somebody in front of me that's trying to take what I, what I'm going for. So I got to, I got something to prove. I, I have something to, to, to come out here and, and, and show somebody what I have. So I can't relax. I can't chill. You know, while you're partying, there is another rep hmm. I could do. Um, so, yeah, man, just just sharing that as well as you were, you were talking about your experience. You know, I think it's so important that you can lose value chasing something like a result. You know, maybe kind of what you're talking about. I mean, maybe you can tell me I'm wrong on this or elaborate on it. You know, maybe that, that headwind got lost a little bit once you got there and, and things were going well. And then once it got kind of swept under your feet, you know, you kind of lost that speed because the result was getting on the field and maybe not that improvement. Piece oh, most day. definitely. Most definitely. And I, I kind of look at it as almost like I think I've heard it called like a destination syndrome or, or the fact that you have arrived and that there's a destination that you're chasing. And once you get there, then what? Um, I, I like the, yeah. the idea of, you know, loading or like one percent better. You think of the video game and how it goes up by percent, a percentage each time or each second that goes by. I think that's life, man. I think that's, that's every day. And I think also the mindset of competing with yourself. Um, if I become a better me each day, or if, or if I, if, if I'm investing in myself each day, whether it's on the court, academically, spiritually, um, I even think of nutrition as a recent man. I've been been trying to to take control of my diet and making better decisions, man. Because uh, I view it as a, as a form of loving yourself, man. If it, mm-hmm. do I truly love myself if I put McDonald's in my body? And, and hopefully, you don't have any McDonald's sponsors yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we stay we stay okay, far away well, from well, that. Well, hey, if they come knocking, sorry, but. Um, but I'm thinking like like what each decision is an opportunity to love, man, whether it's loving yourself, um, you know, loving others. And, and, you know, biblically, man, it says, you know, you love God and you love people as yourself. And I think there's a lot of people that, you know, that, you know, those verses and you know, those scriptures. But when you look at as yourself and, and, and how you love yourself as the model of how you love people. I feel like there's a lot of people that don't know how to love themselves and aren't choosing to love themselves. So therefore they're giving people 
half of the love that they truly should be giving because they don't even know how to give it to themselves. Um, and, and they don't have it for themselves. And for me, my belief, man, is that, you know, the love that, that we all desire is the love of Christ um, that he freely gives, man. And, and, and so embracing that and grasping hold of that, and I think is a, is a freedom, is a peace. And, you know, when, when circumstances and things aren't going as you had planned or as you think, you know, your natural world should look, that love is still there his love for you is still there. And I think that's what I didn't have. And that's the perspective I didn't have going through college, man. Um, my love was in the girls. My love was in the streets. My love was in, you know, Instagram, the Facebook, like all that where else I was looking for love everywhere else. When, when I think in reality, man, mm -hmm. the love was, was in Christ that I wanted. Yeah. No, that's that's really good, man. There's one more point I want to hit on because this is there's everybody that's listening. This you're a leader, you know. Everybody's a leader in their own way. Whether you're leading a team, you're leading your household, you're leading, um, you know, anything. You you have to view yourself as a leader. But this was something. The last thing I brought up before I hit that question, and you know, would love for you to add on to it if you do before we segue into value. But the best teams in any sport, they all respond the same way. That's your culture. And, man, you know, I just think about this year. I'm going to go with basketball here, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about just personally. You know, that was one of the biggest challenges, but that was also my objective every mm -hmm. single day, is if we fail, what are we saying to each mm -hmm. other? I think we've all been on teams where, and this probably isn't the most fun experience, when we're failure or things aren't going the, the way we want, every, everybody responding differently. Those teams aren't very good. Those relationships aren't very good. But what about when you get shaken? Hmm. You know, that's truly what your value is being tested is when you're shaken, right? Like a snow globe has no value if it's not shaken. It's just a, a, thing, a thing with, uh, with hmm. water in it. So when you're shaken, how do you respond? You know, and that's culture. And, and just wanted to give this nugget, man, that – Every single day, whoever you're leading, whether it's your team, it's your household, uh, in your marriage, as a father, um, maybe you're building towards that. Something that's great for you and that person or your group to do is constantly build how you respond to failure. But you all have to respond the exact same way. And if it's not that way, really note it, really bring it up because that is your culture. You know, we all have core values and things that sound good. You can go to any place in the country as far as a gym or a field, and they got their core values up mm -hmm. on the wall. But you want to see how they really respond. Let them turn the ball <laughs> over. Let them lose. Let the rejection letter Most happen. Let you, let you and your spouse or, or whatever relationships you have get into a fight. That's your culture. You know, so I share that with you. Not sure if you have a nugget for that, man, but that's just something for us um, that really diving into year two as I'm spending this off season, making sure we're responding to failure and, and responding to things the exact same way and praise too. You know, how do we set praise? Do we do that exact same way or is one person tweeting about it? The other ones, you know, just, I don't care. You know, we should be responding the same and, way. And, and bro, I, along those lines, man, I think when, when you said that and you, you dropped that gem on us, I think of like, if it's not in you, it's not going to come out of you. Um, and, mm. and I, I look at it almost as like a financial, it's, it's an investment. If you deposit and you're trying to withdraw something you don't have. Um, and if mm. you haven't yeah. prepared and you haven't budgeted, you haven't, you know, made those decisions to prepare yourself for that, which you can't ever be fully prepared for what life might present you. Um, but those values and, and those core principles, um, like, like you said, I think when you get hit in the mouth, man, what, what comes out is, is, is your training and how you trained and how you prepared. And, and so you see that time and time again in, in people's lives and, you know, when things go south or when you get fired and lose your job, where, where, where do, where do you run to? And I think that's for, for me, man, it's, it's been, you know, my faith, um, you know, when you get to, to rock in there and it is um, the source. And so 
I don't want to continue or keep waiting until I get to rock bottom to, to rely on him, man, because he wants to guide me throughout. Yeah. No, that's good. Jay, yeah, you still here. there? Gotcha. Yeah, man. No, I think that's that's good stuff. And I think we're all being tested here just being in this pandemic. All of our routines have been shifted. All of our job, uh, we're not able to go into them, at least most of us. So great time for us as far as response. Let's jump into value, man. You know, everything in life, we're talking about value here. Everything in life has a season to it. If it grows prematurely, its value will never be reached. And if it's in the wrong environment, it'll never be valued. Hmm. There's a reason you don't see palm trees in certain locations because this environment has to be where its value can be shown. Hmm. The right place restores value. The right place exposes value. When you were going through some of those things as a college athlete, so those shoulder injuries, again, you know, you, you had a great high school career, but college I don't think, and you probably agree with this as well, from an earthly perspective, people really were able to see the, the full athlete that you were. You know, so how do you manage something like that if that's where your value's in? But just kind of talk to me about how your value was tested during those times before I get to my, my second question. Yeah, I think if, if, you know, kind of thinking of that, man, I think for me, I go back to the whole identity piece. I think my injury was a blessing in disguise. I think based on how I lived, even in the midst of, you know, not fulfilling what other people might've expected out of my career or even myself, the way that I was living was not, <laughs> was not right, man. And, and, and I always think of, man, if, if he would take, like, this is one thing that my dad, uh, like said to me and it, it sticks to me to this day man is if I take you there will you remember me and he's he's referencing God like that's, mm -hmm. that's what God is is, is asking me because you know I'm going I'm, I'm climbing the echelon as a high school athlete and my dad is seeing me feel myself and my head getting bigger and I'm you know I'm working out and and, and the media is calling and things of that sort but what I think he was asking me and what God placed in his heart is like, man, if I take you there, will you remember me? And if I look at Ohio State and whether or not I remember what got me to there, um, meaning that my relationship with God or really my dad's and my family, the environment that I grew up in, I think that was more so my covering because it wasn't personal for me in high school. It was I was riding my dad's faith and my family's faith. And I think at some point, man, it has to become your own. And throughout college, I avoided that. That wasn't what I was focused on. And so when I lost that covering, I lost sight of, of what got me. Um, and I, and I, when, I, when I say it was a blessing in disguise, I think of like, if I would have went to the league, how would I have been? If I'm, mm -hmm. if I'm wild and, and reckless as a red shirt, as a teamer, <laughs> then if I'm a starter at Ohio State, man, I, I would have been a mess. I would have right. been a mess. And, and so I think from a maturity standpoint now, looking back on it, bro, like I have value even just being a special teamer. I'm a scholarship guy. I'm, I'm a great athlete. I could have probably played and started somewhere else. Um, but mm -hmm. I'm glad I got injured at Ohio State and not at some other school. Um because, you know, the, the opportunities and the exposure that I had to just the athletic department and transition to where I'm at now, I wouldn't have had that. Or I wouldn't have experienced that had I've gone somewhere else. Um, and so I think, man, like going to the league would have been the worst thing to happen to me. Um, and just because of my principles and my values, they weren't aligned and they weren't um, – I, I don't believe they weren't where they weren't where they needed to be. It was about me and it was about what I could get, who I could get over on, what, what I can, can, you can maximize for me. It wasn't, a, it wasn't, I wasn't playing for anybody else. Mm. No, that's good stuff, man. As you were talking and it just kind of reminded me, man, that there's value in mm -hmm. everything in life. There's value in everything that happens in our life. 
and every scar tells a story. You know, there's a sermon uh, that I'm that I remember listening to by a guy named Ron Carpenter. I'm not sure if you listened to him, but he talks about that we all have scars in our lives. But some of us, those scars are still scabs. You know, if it's a scar, it's there, but it doesn't hurt anymore. Mm-hmm. But if it's a scab, it's it's there and it hasn't quite healed yet because we're constantly picking at it. We're picking at it. We're picking at it. We haven't truly let that go. Or like you're talking about, you have an inner sense of peace of what's happened about your experience. Mm-hmm. You know, something I told our guys, I mean, we won 10 games this year. Maybe that's a success to someone, but to the young, uh, striving head coach getting his first job, you know, that was not the ideal season for me. But I told those guys in the locker room, I said, this is a painful gift. It's painful right now, but at some point during your journey here, we will be so thankful and this will be a gift to us in some type of way. Mm-hmm. And my guys looked at me like I was crazy. And I know if I'm 18 to 22 year old, two years old, I probably looked at me like I was crazy too. But what I was teaching them is really that life's lived forward. So you can't control at all anything except going forward. But you can only understand things when you mm-hmm. look back at it. The reason why your rear view mirror is much smaller than your your you know the window that's in front of you as you're driving the car because what's behind you is not that important anymore but when you look back at it you can still see it and see its value and you know what you're talking about man is that everything happened to you for a reason you have an inner sense of peace about it because it's not about jamie's will it's not about what jamie wanted you're starting to talk about what god's will for you was and, and that's that's exactly what it should be and that's why you have the shift of peace right now with where you are and I think look at the doors it's open for you. Oh, most definitely man and and that's that's kind of in you know and this is going off of the script in a, uh, per se but I think from a faith standpoint and I think even just in a in a everyday relationship man is one thing that that has been on my heart is is intimacy so the proximity doesn't equal intimacy um and, and I, get more get more into that so that's deep. where i man you, in you, my spiritual walk is the fact that i do okay. religious things or i go to church and this i'm intimate with god um and i see is where your growth and your true relationship is developed um and i would say the same exists so that's our vertical relationship but i think the same exists for your horizontal relationships so if i think of my little sister or if i think of my parents um when i'm in their presence am i on my phone you know what i mean as simple as that like the the, the being attentive and being mm. fully present for people that's where gotcha. you find intimacy so i think of like even just with my wife is you know, I'll play the PlayStation or play the two play 2K and be on the game and she's sitting in the room and I'm like, man, oh, like we good. We spending time together. You know what I mean? But but are, are right. we really? And is it quality right. time? Um, and so, yes, we're sitting next mm-hmm. to each other from a proximity standpoint, but there's no intimacy. There's no connection there. And so. Again, would do love would stop playing the game. Love would give the person the attention when they step into your office and they want your attention. Um, but I say the same, I think the same yeah. relates to your sport, to your job. Um, you can have an intimate relationship. Um, and, and with everything that you do. Um, but I think that's where the true growth and, and I think that's where we maximize our experiences is when the game of life becomes something that we, we, we desire intimacy out of which, so it's not just going through the routine of busyness that we, we easily fall into. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff, man. I appreciate you, uh, you laying that one out. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. I mean, we're we going to put the, we're going to put the icing on the cake on that no one. Doubt. Uh, but let's move to wisdom here, man. You know, operating at a level of wisdom, there's something interesting about wisdom. I'm going to hit a few points here, but there are a lot of people with knowledge, but not with wisdom. Mm-hmm. You can have as many degrees as you want, great grades in school, but lack wisdom. 
Wisdom has nothing to do with what you with what you know, but it's the application of what you know. Mm-hmm. How are you applying your story to who you're leading right now? How how are you using it? Um, you know, as you still are around this campus that you once walked as an athlete, now you're walking in a different role. How are you using that story? Well, for, for me, man, I, I, I always start with vulnerability and transparency. Um, you know, as a compliance professional, you're seen as the feds in a lot of ways. You're seen as <laughs> the enforcer or the, the rule maker. And, and so, well, not even rule maker, but you, you're enforcing the law. And so, yeah. Yeah, let's say this. You're definitely not the person the guys are excited to see not, when you, you get assigned on a trip. Not at all, but I, I believe I'm there for a reason. And that reason right. to help them understand, like, though you don't agree and don't, um, you know, may not necessarily agree with the rules, I there are some that exist that I don't agree with. So I'll, I'll speak, I'll, I'll come to your level and, and, and agree with you. But because the speed limit is 25 here, it doesn't mean you, because you want to, you can drive 40. So it's the same principle and the same concept of um, the, the rule is the rule. Um, and so for me, the, I think the vulnerability and the transparency um, is where I, I tend to start. Um, and that humanizes me. So I'm not just someone giving rules and telling and giving orders. I'm someone that cares about them and, and, and wants um, to lead them in the right direction. Um, so yeah. I think from a wisdom and application standpoint, man, you have to become or be what you want others to be. So I know for me, you know, I think of like the strength coach that's, that's 300 pounds. <laughs> and I know we've all had, you know, coaches or strength coaches, seen some people that are that are that way. Like you've got to become the example that you want them to be. Um, you've got to. And so as a young black professional um, and oftentimes in athletics, the, the numbers are pretty scarce, um, especially in the compliance space. Um, and so they see me. I, I'm I'm them. <laughs> And for, for, for a lot of our uh, predominantly black sports, like your football and your basketball, I, I'm an example mm-hmm. for them. I'm, 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 I'm hope I'm where they can maybe see themselves at some point. And so it gives me a desire to, to be a better example, um, to, to, to give them the time of day. Oftentimes I have things to do and things on my agenda, but I stop whenever I get that interaction with the student athlete. One, because that's what we're here for. And I can get to that another time, that relationship. You never know what that student athlete might need at that moment. And so I often tend to, to drop everything that I have to serve and to be present for them. Right. Now, that's good, man. I want to send, as you were talking, man, I want to kind of give some encouragement here. But to anyone that's listening, uh, no platform is too small. I think we attach platforms with impact Hmm. where at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what your platform is. Your impact is truly your Mm -hmm. wisdom. And people know right away if you care about Hmm. them. People know right away if there is a genuine interest in who I am. Prime example, what you talked about, you know, being being present, not giving someone a present, Hmm. but being Mm -hmm. present. And, you know, your platform no matter what it is, it's not too big. It's not too small. You can be of influence. For me, taking the job here at Salisbury, one of the biggest influencers here in the world's eye was a guy who's a custodian. Wow. And but every time, every time he talked to me and he came into my office, he had every bit of me, because I knew when that man was talking to me, I knew what it was rooted in. I knew where his heart was coming from, and I knew that he had a true genuine care about me not me being successful but me understanding hey take away the wins and losses man you got 15 young men that are counting on you every day to bring it that are counting on you those words on the wall for you to live them you got a little girl and you have a wife that are counting on you to produce 
there can't be any days where, and I'm not feeling it. Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't feel very well today. You, you got to produce. When, when Michael Jordan's on the floor, you expect these things. When LeBron's on the floor, you expect these things. He's like, you need to carry yourself that way. Shook me up, but it made me realize, okay, when I walk in here, I got to be on. And that's a guy in the world's eyes. Man, you're just a custodian. <laughs> in my eyes, I'm like, man, you, whew, you, you get me going. Like, I, I hope we walk past because you align the perspective that I need to hear oh, every single day. So I send that encouragement be, because it doesn't matter what you are. I think that's something for me early on in my career. It was, well, I'm only an assistant coach. Well, it doesn't matter. You know, you, you have 15 guys that are counting on you. Oh, I'm only compliance. It doesn't matter. You know, any trip that you're on, that's an opportunity to be a blessing to someone to, to pour into their lives. And they have to want it, too. You can't just walk around and give sermons <laughs> to everybody. But, you know, your, your, your platform is not too small. You know, really look for those opportunities. No. You know, these, these people want that. You know, and I, I know for me, I, I loved it. And it's that that man was definitely a blessing. No, I, I appreciate you saying that. there are times, man, where, you know, I, I don't want to stay in this role forever. Um, you know, you want to climb, you want to grow, um, you want to elevate, you want to level up, per se. But I think where, you know, most of us, and I say young, us being young professionals, I think we go wrong is we we look at the next job and don't maximize and make the best of where we're at. And I, th I think that expands far beyond the workspace as well. Um, you know, if you think of like dating, you think of, you know, the grass is greener where you water it. That that whole principle and concept is 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 so true. It's so. True. Yeah. Yeah, I got I got a question for you, man. This was one that was exciting for me, that I was excited okay. to ask you here. You know, the the other stuff was more for the listeners. Me and you were bouncing some <laughs> ideas, but you played for three head coaches at Ohio State, right? So Coach Fickle, Coach Tressel, and then the part of Coach Meyer. Correct. Okay, so having the opportunity to play for you know arguably, and I'm saying arguably because in my opinion, again, I am biased, uh, two of the greatest football coaches of all time and coach Tressel and urban Meyer uh, not only were they great coaches man but they were known for their leadership they got two books where for me they're mm -hmm. two of my favorite reads uh jim Tressel's the winner's manual and then uh urban Meyer's above the line if you have not read them take great. a look at them great books but start starting with coach Tressel, man what are some things that you you learned from him you know especially early on i'm sure he was huge and and really pouring definitely into you guys, and I'm coach sure. Tress, man i think you know, you always see the true value of something once it's gone. Um, oftentimes you do. And so, you know, the way that he left, it was a traumatic experience. Um, you know, you think about, you know, your, your home visit, your phone call when you get your offer. You know, he was my coach. Um, he's, he, he's who chose me. Um, and, and so... Mm when you lose someone like that, you really go back to the drawing board question. I know there were plenty of guys that transferred, you know, because they mm -hmm. chose Ohio state because of coach Tressel. And I think why a lot of us chose Ohio state and why we chose coach Tressel is because of, you know, who he was and what he stood for. Obviously as a human, he has flaws and he made mistakes in that situation. Um, but he loved his players. Um, and even in just my conversations with him recently, I think I would probably talk to him last year. He, his, his, his perspective was like, man, I'm, I'm outside the locker room now as a president of Youngstown state, my reach, um, my platform is even greater than, than what it would have been with my 120 in the Ohio state locker room. Um, but one thing that stuck out to me about coach Trent was, you know, as you read the winner's manual, you'll see all the quotes and the quiet time. And, and so he was intentional about taking time out of each week, um, the start of each week, and devoting it to reflection and devoting it to, uh, uh, I'd say devoting it to devotional. Um, so he'd have quotes from all types of religions, from the Bible, from, you know, Buddha, from, um, you know, different quotes, the lion and the gazelle and 
that there's just all types of knowledge that he compiled in this book. Um, and, you know, as 18-year-old, 17-year-old kids, we're like, man, this is corny. <laughs> like, it's cheesy. <laughs> like, let's just play the ball. Um, I'm not trying to do right, this. Right. But as I look at my life now and, and my morning devotion that I've implemented in my life, it's a quiet time that I learned from Coach Tressel. That's what he was trying to teach us. Mm -hmm. That's what he wanted us to do is to stop. Stop thinking about ball. Let's press pause. Let's be present. Let's, let's dig deeper and let's learn more about ourselves. And so he would call people out to have them read what they chose. You, he'd have us write, thankful for, I'm thankful for and I'm grateful for. We had three things to write down in each devotion um, throughout summer camp. And so, or each week, actually. And so it was gratitude, it was thankfulness, it was reflection, it was journaling. And I think ultimately, he, I go back to he wanted us to explore more of who we are um, and, and, and see, you know, what life is really about. And I think that, to me, it, it was his value is that he, he, he knew it was bigger than ball. He's, he would always say, don't let football use you. He's like, don't let OSU use you. You use it. You maximize it. Um, because there's plenty of guys that go through this experience and, you know, that hubba bubba, they lose this flavor really quick. You, you chew, they, chew, they chew you up <laughs> and they spit you out. And it's the next, next man up. And so there, there's opportunities yeah. to, 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 to grow and to learn and to um, excel. Um, but you have to have that perspective and that want to. And, and he, he encouraged that out of his guys. Man, that's really cool to hear because I, I think as coaches, man, you could see stuff on social media and be like, man, it's just, he was like such a <laughs> great guy. But then, you know, see him in between the lines, you ask somebody that played for him and they feel like, man, that's just the side he wants you to see. This mm -hmm. is how he really is. So to hear you say those things, man, it's really cool because, you know, it's great to see that he aligns with those things and it's not just man, what he I says. Reese, um, one more thing oh, just about Coach Tress is each summer we yeah. had to – we had a competition where we had to memorize – well, not memorize, but we had a blank sheet of paper with jersey numbers. And there was a challenge to try to uh, put names – like where they grew up, so like their hometown, their high school, and he and the the player that did it the best, they would get some type of prize. But the purpose in doing that is like to help us learn and get to know our teammates. Um, and, and so he had little practices like that. Um, he knew everybody's name. My grandfather, he'll ask about my dad. Like, like the, it's those little intangibles, man, that make the difference. And, like, after you experience or have a Coach Trestle experience, you're like, man, there's something different about that dude. Because not he, he's very mm -hmm. intentional. And, and, and there's, there's purpose behind everything that he did. And, you know, there's plenty of things that, as a player, you, did, you don't see. But as you hear and, you know, talking to other staff, uh, staff members that coached under him, there were so many things that he did you know, that went unnoticed, like writing letters to, to, to high school coaches and writing letters to janitors at, at high schools. Like those little things, man, because he's like, those are the people I ask about recruits. Because people are going to tell right. me how they are in the gym. <laughs> so, mm. yeah. I'm, nah, I'm a big fan. <laughs> Nah, that's awesome, man. Thanks for sharing. What What about Coach, Coach Meyer? Meyer, man? So I had two seasons with him, um, and you know we we went we came off of a six and seven season with Coach Coach Fick, um, missing five of our top players with Terrell Pryor, Boom, and Depot, and so so we came off of six and seven, and he came in guns blazing, bro. Uh, <laughs> you know we. <laughs> I remember seeing oh, the, my the training day. Oh my yeah. goodness. It was it was a, a total change yeah. of pace. Um and and I think in yeah. leadership and in you know changing and, and coming in to change a culture. He knew he had to come in and change the culture, you know, what Ohio State is now, we weren't that back then. And I think it Coach Myers change and his enhancements to the to the program, you know, it it, it 
it was a fear fear driven so so even like the head the assistant coaches they feared making mistakes they feared letting the team down and i think the it, it, it trickled down in the players um before you know i think fear can can lead you to 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 exceptional results up to a up to a point um but at some point man that love has to take over and so i think of mm-hmm. coach meyer as as a businessman um his 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 he loved the word meritocracy um where i mean you're earning everything here everything is winner loser everything is competition well, you know where coach tressel it was you know you got your guys and and you know we're going to compete but it wasn't measured and i think that measuring right you know there's some accountability with measuring you see your score you see your drops you see how many times you missed uh, had a missed coverage um, and, and gave up touchdowns or gave up plays. So in that measuring, um, I think it, it, it forced people to elevate their game and their play. Um, and obviously in his first year, man, we went 12-0. and 0. Um, We couldn't play the whole game. We probably would have played Notre Dame and won. Uh, that was the year they played a one-loss Bama and got demolished. Um, but we went 12-0. and 0, um, and that was our goal. I mean, and he came in and said that from the beginning. Obviously, we can't play for a bowl game, but I need you guys to buy in. And if you buy in, I, I promise you, like, it's in, the plan is infallible. And that's, that's what you hear from him every week is the plan is infallible. Just trust the plan. Hmm. No, he's uh, definitely a driven, driven guy, man. I, I think they were – Again, just being a fly on the wall, reading, and now listening to what you said, playing for both of those guys, you know, two different leadership styles. And I'm sure for you, man, they were definitely just things you're able to take from them and oh, use for the rest definitely. of your life. I have those books as well. So, so yes, go out and get those. There's so many gems. Mine has all types of highlights in it. So, yeah, mine too. I think I read, I think I read both. At least more wow. than two times, especially okay. the winner's manual. Um, you know, again, the the Urban Meyer one, I've kind of pulled things and and used more, but the winner's manual is just something I really enjoy, man. So many cool stories mm-hmm. in there, and he's dated back to for for me. I'm I'm a little mm-hmm. older than you, but dated back to me early high school, junior high. So like, you know, it's kind of hitting your childhood Definitely. a little bit too. So it was really cool to 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 read those stories. Um, well, let's switch up the pace here, man. You, we, we've been intellectual here, so I got some rapid fire questions for you. Uh, I'm gonna put you come and put you uh, put some heat on your seat. Let me here, sit up, see how quick. you answer these. All right, now don't, <laughs> don't be slouched over now. But uh, so we're both from uh, again, this is the arguably statement, but to both of us, I'm sure we'll agree. Uh, probably the greatest state in the United States, uh, Ohio. Um, if you have not been, you should definitely visit, especially Columbus. But for someone that has never been to Ohio, what, what's the best pizza spot in Ohio? This is a quiz for you. Man. Best pizza, right? Best I mean, pizza I, spot in Ohio. I'm not a big pizza fan. I, I'm a Donato's, which is a bit more corporate. Um, but if if I'm going, I'm going to stick with Ohio State, and I'm going to say Adriatico's. Adriatico. Those pizza um, mm. on campus is is something to experience. So if you ever, you know, it's it's on Neal Avenue, um, right by actually where our, my my fir- my freshman dorms were. Um, but Adriatico's Pizza is 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 to die for. <laughs> mm. Well, I quizzed you, and you definitely passed by saying Donato's because that's my favorite. I don't <laughs> care if it's corporate; it's good. But I. I have never had. You said it's Adriatico's. Yeah, it's they have like these XL pizzas, so we order them for like staff meetings, and it takes me back to my college years. You know, Hmm. know, coming home, coming home late night, grabbing a pie, man. (laughs) Well, I hope you didn't scarf down too many of those, man. That might have been where all your ass. I'm still trying to find those, man. That metabolism uh, leaves you, man. Once you start getting close to that uh, oh, that man. thirty, that thirty <laughs> number, man. Uh, what's a spot on campus, man? If I am walking around with my kids, 
outside of the horseshoe that it's a must must stop location. We oh, you got to stop here. You got to go to the be, like, chill spot. But what you got to go to the oval, man. So it's a the giant like courtyard outside of the the main campus library, um, and it's like the central hub of campus. Um, you know, there's so many walkways that kind of lead lead you throughout campus, and our campus is huge. So um, there's a lot of walking, and there's been a lot of times, man, snow, rain, uh, sun. You know, in the springtime, I used to love walking the oval because um, the ladies used to lay out. Um, guys will be throwing footballs around. You see dogs out and you see the campus preachers that are preaching um, and sharing the gospel or, or you know, or, or the fire and brimstone that they're trying to condemn people to hell. Um, but, man, it, 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 there's a lot of life on that oval, especially when school's in, in order. And uh, I, I, I hate that the students this year, man, they didn't get to ex- the freshmen didn't get to experience a springtime oval with all this COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to watch the game, let's say I, I just missed getting tickets. You know, I'm talking to Jamie Wood. He said I had one. And then at the last second, he gives it to another another friend that's not me. Where's a good place for me to watch the game? Man, so uh, football when game, the weather's warm, game. you know, there's tailgates all up and down Lane Avenue. Uh, I would say the tailgating experience, I actually just had my first tailgate experience um i took a game off where usually i work games since i'm at the institution um but i took a game off and enjoyed some tailgating uh with some former players and um you know mike doss has a tailgate every every uh every home game and i mean you can just walk up and down the road and 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 i would stay in the tailgate space but there's also uh, bars up and down High Street that um, you know have tents and you know inflatable TVs with large screens with all types of games uh, being shown. So you 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 won't have any trouble finding something to do on game day. Okay, favorite man. place to play a college football game outside so of the I, shoot. I, I hate what's this a, what's man. A, really I, I never got playing. to experience Penn State. Um, I was hurt every year we played there. Um, and then I think my red shirt year, I didn't travel and we played there as well. Um, Michigan state, I didn't play there. I would say Iowa, Iowa was, uh, was great, man. Everything. So I think they changed it recently, but they had the pink locker room where they painted the locker room pink. Um, and they said it, it, you know, it did some mental thing to us. Um, we still won, <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> I guess they they probably had the last laugh. I think they beat us. Um, they kind of ruined our season. Uh, was it last year or two years? I think two years ago. Yeah, so they have the last laugh. But I think it was um, two years ago. Iowa, the fans were all over you, so like it was. You're very close, um, and so they would crack jokes about your special teams guys that travel like, man, did you even get in? Like your Jersey is really clean. Like just, you can hear them um, heckling and you're, you know, we're all laughing and whatnot, but. (laughs) Jay, man, as as we wrap up here, man, how can our list follow you social media? You have a Twitter, uh, Instagram, how could they keep in touch or, you know, kind of follow some of these, these gems? Yeah, I'm on, I'm on both. I'm on both Twitter and Instagram at the handle Woodwood21. So W O O D W O U L D 21. Um, both Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, I like to use my social media for, for positive, for inspiration. So uh, feel free to give me a follow um, and, and reach out if you would like to connect outside of Awesome, that. man. Well, I always like to leave the, the final words for guests. Um, so, I mean, any, any final words before we before we depart here? Man, I, I just, again, thank you for this time. Um, this is actually my first time being on the podcast. I've done plenty of interviews and public speaking. Uh, but this is a good experience. I, I love what you're doing. Uh, continue to spread love, man. Um, I think that's what our world needs the most right now. And, and again, for me personally, that love is, is Christ. It's it's uh it's a giving love, man, and it's not just the emotional emotional love and the feeling. 
Um, we're, we're here for, for, for other people, man. And, and this life isn't all about you. So um, do what you can to, to help lift others up, uh, encourage other people. Um, don't miss an opportunity to love. It's powerful stuff, brother. Well, I appreciate, appreciate it, man. I have fun. I think, as I said before we started, man, I was excited to learn. I got some good stuff. I was taking notes as you were talking. So I appreciate you, man. And thanks again for, for joining us on the Create Your Own Lane podcast. All right, Mo. Have a good one. Thank you. Did you like what you heard today? If so, hit the follow or subscribe button as it keeps you up to date with all the latest content, new episodes as they drop, and it helps support the podcast going forward. Thank you all for your support. Let's create your own lane. We used to chill up in the basement, riding, riding, fantasizing about chips and the women. When I'm in the neighborhood, I just want to see what's good. When I'm in the neighborhood, I just want to see what's Remember good. Remember when you used to pick me up in the navigator. And you used to play the drums, but up, but laced up in